0: Welcome to the Everyday Charlotte Podcast, where we believe education is not simply for school hours, but an everyday learning lifestyle. On this podcast, I read a variety of living educational materials, including books in the public domain you can use to supplement your learning. Viking Tales by Jenny Hall What the Sagas Were Iceland is a little country far north in the cold sea. Men found it and went there to live more than a thousand years ago. During the warm season they used to fish and make fish oil and hunt seabirds and gather feathers and tend their sheep and make hay. But the winters were long and dark and cold. Men and women and children stayed in the house and carted and spun and wove and knit. A whole family sat for hours around the fire in the middle of the room. That fire gave the only light. Shadows fitted in the dark corners. Smoke curled along the high beams in the ceiling. The children sat on the dirt floor close by the fire. The grown people were on a long, narrow bench that they had pulled up to the light and warmth. Everybody's hands were busy with wool. The work left their minds free to think and their lips to talk. What was there to talk about? The summer's fishing, the killing of a fox, a voyage to Norway. But the people grew tired of this little gossip. Fathers looked at their children and thought, they are not learning much. What will make them brave and wise? What will teach them to love their country in old Norway? Will not the stories of battles and brave deeds of mighty men do this? So as the family worked in the red firelight, the father told of the kings of Norway, of long voyages to strange lands of good fights. And in farmhouses all through Iceland, these old tales were told over and over until everybody knew them and loved them. Some men could sing and play the harp. This made the stories all the more interesting. People called such men skalds, and they called their songs sagas. Every midsummer there was a great meeting. Men from all over Iceland came to it and made laws. During the day there were rest times when no business was going on. Then some skald would take his harp and walk to a large stone or a knoll and stand on it and begin a song of some brave deed of an old Norse hero. At the first sound of the harp and the voice, men came running from all directions crying out, The skald, the skald, the saga! They stood about for hours and listened. They shouted applause. When the Skald was tired, some other man would come up from the crowd and sing or tell a story. As the Skald stepped down from his high position, some rich man would rush up to him and say, "'Come and spend next winter at my house. Our ears are thirsty for song.'" So the best Skalds traveled much and visited many people. Their songs made them welcome everywhere. They were always honored with good seats and at a feast. They were given many rich gifts. Even the king of Norway would sometimes send across the water to Iceland, saying to some famous skald, "'Come and visit me. You shall not go away empty-handed. Men say that the sweetest songs are in Iceland. I wish to hear them.' These tales were not written. Few men wrote or read in those days. Skalds learned songs from hearing them sung. At last people began to write more easily. Then they said, "'These stories are very precious. We must write them down to save them from being forgotten.' After that, many men in Iceland spent their winters in writing books. They wrote on sheepskin, vellum, we call it. Many of these old vellum books have been saved for hundreds of years and are now in museums in Norway. Some leaves are lost, some are torn, all are yellow and crumpled, but they are precious. They tell us all that we know about the olden time. There are the very words that the men of Iceland wrote so long ago. Stories of kings and of battles and of ships sailing. Some of those old stories I have told in this book. Part 1. In Norway The Baby King Halfden lived in Norway long ago. One morning his queen said to him, I had a strange dream last night. I thought that I stood in the grass before my bower. I pulled a thorn from my dress. As I held it in my fingers, it grew into a tall tree. The trunk was thick and red as blood, but the lower limbs were fair and green, and the highest ones were white. I thought that the branches of this great tree spread so far that they covered all Norway and even more. "'A strange dream,' said King Haftan. "'Dreams are the messengers of the gods. "'I wonder what they would tell us.' "'And he stroked his beard and thought. "'Some time after that, a serving woman came into the feast hall "'where King Haftan was. "'She carried a little white bundle in her arms. "'My lord,' she said, "'a little son is just born to you.' "'Ha!' cried the king as he jumped up from the high seat "'and hastened forward until he stood before the woman. "'Show him to me!' he shouted, "'and there was joy in his voice.' The serving woman put down her bundle on the ground and turned back the cloth. There was a little naked baby. The king looked at it carefully. "'It is a goodly youngster,' he said and smiled. "'Bring Ivar and Thorstein.' They were captains of the king's soldiers. Soon they came. "'Stand as witnesses,' Hafdan said. Then he lifted the baby in his arms while the old serving woman brought a silver bowl of water. The king dipped his hand into it and sprinkled the baby, saying— I own this baby for my son. He shall be called Harold. My naming gift to him is ten pounds of gold. Then the woman carried the baby back to the queen's room. My lord owns him for his son, she said, and no wonder he is perfect in every limb. The queen looked at him and smiled and remembered her dream and thought, that great tree, can it be this little baby of mine? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Everyday Charlotte Podcast. We hope you will join us for another great read on our next episode. God bless you all.